Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 19 The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the earth. In the heavens He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from His wedding canopy. And like a strong man runs its course with joy, its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings on the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 7. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins, and they shall rise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners shall till your land and dress your vines. But you shall be called priests of the Lord. You shall be named ministers of our God. You shall enjoy the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you shall glory. Because their shame was double, and dishonor was proclaimed as their lot. Therefore they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only during that person's lifetime? Thus a married woman is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is discharged from the law concerning the husband. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, and if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. In the same way, my friends, you have died to the law through the body of Christ, 
so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit to God. While we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions, aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are discharged from the law, dead to that which has held us captive, so that we are slaves not under the old written code, but in the new life of the Spirit. Good morning and welcome to the second Thursday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 19, Isaiah 61, and Romans 7. And there's some amount of um, interest in the readings for uh, today's saint, which is uh, Sebastian of Milan. Saint Sebastian is one of the more well-known saints at the time. Uh, I mean, right now, uh, hasn't always been the case, but he was a Roman soldier, uh, supposedly in the Praetorian Guard, which is the the local army in Rome that um, did a lot of uh, bodyguard protection for the emperor. And um, depending on which you know account you read, um, some of the earliest ones suggests that he entered the military as a Christian um, under the persecution in order to help other Christians. That may or may not be true, um, uh, but he he gets into the military, and he's um, stationed in Milan, and he is his faith is detected somehow under Diocletian, and he is ordered to be killed. And so they march him out to a hill, and they tie him to a tree, and they shoot him full of arrows. And in one of the accounts, it uh, it's the the author describes it as being shot so full of arrows, as an urchin is with pricks. Um, and somehow, he miraculously survives. That's his first martyrdom. Uh, he is nursed back to health by Saint Irene who is the widow of another Christian martyr, um, nursed back to health. And he finds his way to, um, he finds his way to a military parade where the emperor is uh, passing through. And um, he takes the opportunity to stand on a staircase and th- hurl insults at the emperor um, for his treatment of Christians. And I, I just, I find that such a, <laughs> it's funny that he like goes back just to piss off the emperor again. Um, he doesn't really seem interested in staying alive. Uh, the cult of the saints or the cult of the martyrs has already kind of kicked off. So he, he probably knows he could be martyred if he just, you know, relaxes or, or gives in to death. Um, but he doesn't. He stays alive and then he whether or not he chases death uh, with many of the martyrs is debatable. Um, But uh, Diocletian gets tired of it, and he uh, orders him uh, beaten to death and thrown in the sewer. And the same saint, Irene, uh, I think, actually it might be someone different, Um, but uh, he's, he's retrieved and he's buried in the catacombs in Italy, and uh, for some reason, 
I'm sure I knew at some point why, but for some reason he is venerated as the patron saint of athletes. Um, it may be because of the perseverance. Um, there's a lot of parallels linguistically between um, athletes and soldiers. Um, many athletes were soldiers. That's where the the, the most able-bodied men were. Um, it's also already organized, and so um, you know, getting uh, like the Olympic Games going was easier when you had a bunch of you know uh, highly structured, organized, movable young men. Um, but he's the patron saint of athletes, and his symbol is the arrow because that's the instrument of his first martyrdom. When he was beaten to death and thrown in a sewer is his second martyrdom. He also um, was, again, I don't know why, again, probably because of the perseverance. Um, he was turned to during the plague for you know intercession, and that probably revived his cult. If, if not, he probably would have been one of any number of nameless military saints from the third century, the fourth century. Um, but he, I, I said there's a, a small connection to the reading because, um, the, the reading from Isaiah, Isaiah 61 is the same thing that Jesus reads when he first reads, uh, scripture in his hometown of Nazareth one Sunday morning at the beginning of his ministry. And we're familiar with most of it. Um, you know, the spirit of God is upon me because he's a, anointed me to bring good news to the poor, brokenhearted captives, prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. And the day of vengeance stuff, I wanted to check. I don't know if it's there in uh, the New Testament. Um, but there's this anxiety, I think, within Christianity about um, pugnaciousness, I'll say that, um, in uh, you know, I see Sebastian's, um, you know, return to hurl insults at the emperor as a kind of parallel of both the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of, of our God, that salvation and the Lord's favor is so often to- bound up in um, bringing our enemies low, our, our the powerful people who oppress others down to everyone else's level, um, and we don't we don't like often to think about the fact that God also still fights for us. Um, that you know the puppies and sunshine is only part of the equation. Um, God has come to save us, and uh, Jesus' name Joshua means God is salvation. I think that's important. But salvation doesn't just look like God up there on the cross. It also looks like um, God returning from the dead um, to kind of, you know, spit in the eye of death before he ascends and sends the Spirit upon the body of, of Christ, um, the anointed body of Christ. So Sebastian, um, one of the more popular and, um, uh, you know, one of the saints that has a lot of art and statuary dedicated to him, um, also was a soldier and possibly a, a, a knowing 
you know, a Christian who went into the military knowing and being a Christian and wanting to do good and not seeing it as a place that that uh, he or Christians in general were forbidden uh, from from entering, I think, is uh, a word of you know advice for the the kind of polarities and binaries we have around military service in our own day. A prayer to St. Sebastian from the 14th century. O St. Sebastian, guard and defend us morning and evening, every minute of every hour, while we are still of sound mind. And, martyr, diminish the strength of that vile illness called an epidemic, which is threatening us. Protect and keep us from all, and all our friends and family from this plague, for the sake of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Savior. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.